G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA 87.6 FM in East Perth and Western Tourist Radio in the southwest of Western Australia. My next guest is a councillor based in Busseldon and running a project called the Paperback Wellness Project. Genevieve Morrissey. G'day, Genevieve. G'day, Barry. How are you going? Good, thanks. Now, this is playing on a tourist radio format, and tourist radio people on holiday are perhaps open to new ideas, so I'm hopeful that we can give them some something different to think about. But first of all, your background, you haven't always been in this space. Tell us where you grew up. So I grew up in Outback, WA, out in the Murchison. I was born... Um, and well, I was born in Perth, but I was uh, as a child, a young child, was out at Kew. And my father came from a sheep station, so they were um, sheep prop people um, of the early settler variety. And then in the late 60s, we moved down to Yalgoo. He bought a, a property called Thunderlara down at Yalgoo. Um, so yeah, it was interesting because from there it was boarding school. It was re- removing me from the country. I suppose that's when I think. The seeds were sown for me about wanting to make a difference to people. And from boarding school, I lived in the city, travelled around Australia, lived in Perth for quite some time. And really, uh, in 2016, came to Dunsborough for a holiday. Um, And in January 2017, we're living here. So it was just the right time for us to get out of the city and get back to some sort of more open space for me. So in your growing up on the station, you had interaction with... uh Aboriginal people? Yes, yes. So some of my fondest memories are of being very small, and I'm talking so from zero really to um, probably about seven or eight. Um, we had um, Alec and uh, Trixie were people who worked for my father. So, yeah, and that learning that um, at the end of the day or on weekends and that we used to follow him around, he would take us bush and uh, we would just uh, appreciate, not not what we did at that time, he was just a fun guy, Um, but learning things um, that I now reflect back on as how gently they walk the earth and um, how gentle that nature is that um, he as an Indigenous man had when I think about what his journey must have been. I think it's really interesting and we're in this period of profound change at the moment and there's lots of environmental problems happening. In another life, I'm involved in organic or regenerative agriculture, and within that movement, there's a real realisation of how much we have to learn from the Aboriginal people in the management of the Australian landscape. But much more than that, I think uh, their cultures existed for tens of thousands of years, and, and it's been sustained by their storytelling and passing corporate knowledge from generation to generation through storytelling. And I think that's something that's in our culture has had been kidnapped by the major corporations and advertising and uh, I think uh, the storytelling is really important and that's our vision for our little radio network it is about telling the stories of people and places and and grassroots stories so tell me more about the paperback wellness project Genevieve that really is um, probably it seeds were even even back then when I was a child so having relocated from um, 386,000 acres, I'm not sure what that is in hectares, but um, to a boarding school um, behind uh, great big stone walls was my first realisation that um, I wasn't fitting in, 
really. I, I just did not do well at school. Um, I, I craved the wild open spaces. And I think I spent the first 20, 30 years of my life, um, probably even 40 years of my life, trying to work that bit out trying to struggle it, struggle with it and wrestle it into a life that I could fit into. Um, so as a mature age person, I went off to university um, and uh, got my degree in counselling, having done um, a lot of profound work on myself, realising that it's this connection between each other, um, between the fellow that lives over the road, between... Um, the people that I shop with, this, this, these degrees of separation um, were not good for me. So uh, cutting to now, having come down and working in this area, I can see that the idea about being in a more rural kind of environment is that you can have a bigger impact. You're, you're a, you can be a bigger fish in the pond, so to speak, that um, when I was in Perth um, and working there, um, so my, my history of working there was working with addicts and, uh, and at the rehabs, residential rehabs, where there's a profound sense of alienation with people. They just are the ones who, it's not a level playing field. They're the ones that are not, can't even see the playing field, don't have the opportunity for the playing field. So it's like, how do we as a community reach these people? So the organisations that I work for um, had the, um, we were using the therapeutic community model for their rehabs, which is um, a peer down, a whole community thing. If somebody in coming into that rehab is not treated well by the entire rehab, including the staff, then the system isn't working. So the opportunity came by moving down to Bustleton for um, trying this as an experiment. So having joined the Holistic Health Practitioner Network, um, I found some really like-minded people. So how do we start changing the conversation? Um, how do we reach people who are feeling isolated here? How do we start addressing this appalling suicide and depression and anxiety rate that we have here in, in paradise? So that was the sowing the seeds there, and this is the paper about Wellness Project came out of that. You do have... Uh semi-regular events at, uh, in public places. Do you want to tell us about that? The main one that we, we are um, promoting at the moment, I suppose, because we see an absolute need for it, is a paperback conversation. They are born out of getting together the community and getting together health professionals, um, holistic health professionals, people who don't believe that their way is the only way, people who believe that there's more than one answer to these complex problems of anxiety and depression. Most of us, at some level, as in the healthcare professions, most of us would have a belief that at some point anxiety and depression is because we are starting to disconnect from ourselves and from our community. And then we construct a life around that and, and the community and big business also construct a life around that and they help, help to feed it. So our experience has been in uh, holding these events, so primarily around anxiety and depression, um, although it can be um, eating, food um, and um, disorders that come from that, but again at the bottom of that is anxiety and depression. So. Literally, this is about the professionals telling their story, and some of them have also had the life experience 
um, of being anxious, um, of having catastrophic events happen to them, and then how on earth catastrophic events or diagnoses, how on earth have they got themselves back? And without exception, they've all been through conversations with other people in the community, conversations with people who have kind of gone a little bit left of what the centre is and gone, OK, I'll try this, or they've gone right and thought, wow, this person's doing that. So it's that sharing and it's that... It's a, so it's a heart-focused kind of thing. So our aim with Paperbark is to connect with people in the community who want more than Google, they want more than a, a GP saying, here, you need to go to the city for a diagnosis or, or, or whatever, or you need medication. These are people who know that in, with anxiety and depression, for them, some of them don't want medication. Um, and so how do, you, how do you get that knowledge? You can't get it off Facebook and you can't get it off Google. You can only get it from sharing it. That's great, Genevieve. And I see an analogy there with... Uh, I'm involved in regenerative agriculture and Charles Massey's book, Call of the Reed Warbler, A New Agriculture, A New Earth, is about regenerative agriculture. And, and that's there's a real gaining of momentum there because the internet's providing a mechanism for innovative farmers and scientists to work together to, to get an alternative narrative. And we talk about in the soil, which is the soil's... Whatever people think about technology, the soil is still the foundation of our civilization because that's where our food comes from. And we talk about developing diverse, self-organizing ecosystems within the soils. And when that happens, then all this NPK farming is cre creating vast volumes of arguably pretty second-rate food uh, and potentially is contributing to these problems. But the, the conversations is what differentiates humans from machines and I think conversations are incredibly important and we need to have conversations with people from a different world view because I think what happens so much, especially with social media, is that it's, uh, it's reinforcing people's biases and of course whatever people believe, they have a reason to believe it and we need to have those conversations to understand where other people are coming from. Yes, I, I totally agree. And, and it's really interesting when I, whether it's Charles Massey or the early days for me, I, was a, I followed Bill Mollison and what he was doing with the father of permaculture, thinking, wow, okay, this is a gentle approach to the earth. And, um, but I was struck uh, a few weeks ago when I revisited Charles Massey's um, Australian story. When, when as, a, as a farmer, um, you're faced with a scorched earth out your window. This is the land that, on a level you've loved. There was a profound grief for him, I think, I feel. And, and, and underneath um, the grief, uh, underneath the depression that we see in rural areas, is this grief about what have we done to this earth and how can I get out of here when I've got such huge commitments, um, financial commitments, whatever, family line commitments, structures in place. So it's not until you have a Charles Massey that can admit his vulnerability. And, and admit that he's got it wrong and admit that this is not working for him. And then that, then comes the watershed. And then you have um, the courage to start changing that. So one of my um, favourite people uh, is Brené Brown, who um, is the queen of shame in the world. And she, she learned how to language that through her own experience. Once we can stop the silence... And whether that's even a conversation with ourselves that says, um, I can't do this anymore, um, and there has to be a better way, and um, 
how about I seek the wisdom in the community rather than um, shut myself down and isolate myself. And, and a lot of us, myself included, fought against all of that for many years until you either have a health crisis or your business goes bankrupt or your wife or your husband leaves you, then you're facing it. You have to stare it down. So it's about having a conversation with ourselves and saying, this system's not working. I have no peace in my life. I'm, I'm on a, a treadmill. Where can we see that there is peace? Well, you just have to look out the window if you're lucky enough to live in, the, in an environment and I have a bird bath outside my window and you just say, oh my gosh, are these birds worrying about stuff? No, they're not. They're just being birds. And that's trite. It sounds trite. But my counselling is all about just being yourself. But we're so caught up in this world that we don't know what that is because we don't have these sort of conversations. We don't, we don't have the crones and, and, and the old wise guys sitting down in the, in the city square anymore. So where do people get this from? They don't get it from anywhere. They get it from Facebook, and Facebook tells them they're not, they're not um, performing well enough. They're a failed human being unless you've got this, this, this. And now we have this appalling... Um, uh, what are they, widgets that transform the look of you so that you look all smooth and sort of um, dolly. And, and so we're removing ourselves even further. So no wonder we have a crisis. So up to now, your events have been in the bustle and shire, but you're looking at taking it further out around the regions? Yes, that's right, Barry. Like, we've had um, interests from far and wide. So I think for us, some of those smaller communities are underserviced. So everywhere in the next 12 months to two years, we're looking at expanding out to down to Augusta, um, out way up Brook, um, Bridgetown, um, Nanuk, Donnybrook, that kind of area, and, and um, just to cater for those people who um, are always told to go somewhere else. So if, uh, if this sounds interesting to you as our listener, how do listeners get in touch with you, Genevieve? So um, we have a website... The Paperback Wellness Project is a part of the Southwest Holistic Health Practitioner Network, which we have a website, so that's hhpn.com, and we have a landing page on that. My own website, my counselling website, is whycounsellingbusselton.com. Well, thanks for the work you're doing, Genevieve, and Western Tourist Radio, we want to share this message. So if you go to touristradio.com.au forward slash busselton, you'll find a direct link to the Why Counselling website. And likewise, as uh, this conversation is really important, I think conversations are important, and Western Tourist Radio enjoys having conversations with innovators in Western Australia. We also have a page of our site called touristradio.com.au forward slash conversations, where we link to conversations with all sorts of innovators in Western Australia. And I like to think we're providing an alternative narrative to the state of Western Australia. Thanks for your time today, Genevieve. No worries. Thank you, Barry. You've been listening to Conversations on Western Tourist Radio as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia.